tall. <laughs> you are tall. I'm You're very tall. tall. How tall are you? I'm 5'11". Oh my God, almost six but feet tall. in all the photographs of me and my husband, people think I'm really short because he's 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> so then when they meet me in person, they're like, oh, you're not short. <laughs> so your kids are bound to be like absolutely tall. Yeah, yeah I'm going to be the shrimp, which is the weirdest thing because I've never been the shrimp. I've always been like my top, like tall around my friends, tall around my family. <laughs> I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them, and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Jenna Fennell has created a wonderful world of jewelry on her own. She and her husband Andy built It Scam Goods, a beautifully made line of jewelry and chains that are just an everyday must-have. Please enjoy our conversation. Hi, Jenna. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. So I we I first met your work online thanks to Judy Powers. Oh, Judy. Because Judy like was speaking very highly of you, and she was like, Jenna is amazing, oh, and like she's Judy. such a great person. And I started looking for your work, and then I remember on the Asian 17 South side, I contacted you because you posted this boats on a lake. Oh, yeah, the ice boat. Yes, and I asked you, I was like, okay, I have to ask. So I asked you about it, and then you told me the information, and I haven't been able to see them because I don't think it's been... The Hudson hasn't frozen over. Exactly, it hasn't frozen. Even this year, I mean, we only went ice skating once in December. It just... It's been so warm. Yeah. But I've been wanting to do that. So maybe next, maybe once, maybe, hopefully. Maybe the, once in our lifetimes. <laughs> we'll see it. Um, and then um, we were talking about opals because I do manage this Asian 17 cell site. And you invited me to your home. And you didn't know that I was I didn't. The person. It was so funny because I, I opened the door and I like immediately loved you. You just like have this energy. And I, I was just really happy that you're a woman of color. That's just my thing. Um, and I was just so happy to see you and so happy to meet you. And I think we were talking for like an hour with other jeweler friends around when it like dawned on me that you were also in this facets. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. I didn't know this. Where have I been? I know. Which I, I, I actually love that but because I, I like to meet the person before, you know, like telling yeah. them what I do and what. Because people tend to treat me differently sometimes, right, which right, is right. kind of, I hate that. Right. And like, so I just like to have like a, like a clean slate with a person. Right, but I immediately connected with you. We spoke for hours that hours. day. I loved it. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is like, I want to live closer to you so we can like yeah. hang out more. And like it, I don't live that far. We live like an hour away yeah. from each other. Um, a little, yeah. a little over an hour. But like I, like I wish I can hang out with you more because yeah. like you have, I, I feel like we share like a similar energy. Mm-hmm. Like your your energy is more, more positive than mine. But oh, like, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but like it really, really, um, I I loved it. Yeah. Um. So and we hang out with like our husbands and like I have to say you have such great kids. 
like my even my husband has said like your kids are great and my husband is not like a, somebody <laughs> that will say oh this person's kids is great so for it, him to say that that yeah. shows how great oh. your kids are yeah i had such a friend crush on you after that day because <laughs> we talked for so long and i was like giddy i was like when do i get to see her again we're we gonna know. hang out again <laughs> i know i feel the same way with you so it make me feel really like uh, like i'm like oh I f i'm finding my people and i just i love that because it's like really hard to find people that share the same thing and then you love nature as much as i do more i think more because you actually have planting beds <laughs> and i do not have that but like just like i do love hiking and you yeah. love being around nature and i love that and i don't know we connect in like a lot of different levels which it makes me happy me too. so um can i ask you where do you grow up I grew up in rural Pennsylvania, which is why I had to move back to the country. Um, I grew up in Nutripoli, which is spelled Nutripoli for anyone <laughs> who needs to know, but it's Nutripoli. Um, and it, it, it's not like the country here. It's, it's like corn soybean country. Really? How yeah. was growing up there? Strange. I mean... When we moved there, in I was in second grade, and my brother and I were the only kids who weren't white, which mm. is odd. I'm half Chinese. Mm. Um, and it was the first time that kids told me I was not white. Like, I hadn't had <sighs> yeah. that experience until I was eight years old. Wow. Um, so that was an inter interesting introduction into rural Pennsylvania. Um, and... But I, I had a good childhood. I mean, I, we yeah. lived on a few acres. I spent all the all my days in the woods, like in the stream, walking in the stream, catching minnows. So yeah, I would spend just all day in the woods. It was so much fun. And I had a great group of friends. We were all quirky, nerdy kids. So I love that. yeah, and I still am in touch with all of those friends and have that great core group of people. But I knew the entire time that the second I graduated from high school, I was out of there and I was never going to look back and never go back. And I didn't. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. hear you. I, yeah. I, I 100% right there with you. Yeah. So where do you go to school? Um, I went to Brown. Oh, wow. Um, so I went to Brown and entering Brown, I was going to be a science major. Like I, yeah. I wanted to do biology. I wanted to do genetic research. Like in high school, I was 100% math science nerd like, like my I love math my jaw is <laughs> dropping just like listening to this I, I love that yeah and so that's what I went to school for but then when I was there and Brown is like very loose with their curriculum and you can kind of experiment a lot um so I took digital art classes and then I just got into studio art completely Um, and I studied art semiotics and art history as a double major. So art semiotics was like a, a theory studio program. So I did history theory studio. And in my studio practice, there was one year where I really wanted to take this sculpture class with Richard Fishman. Um, and I applied to get in, didn't get in. And I was like, all right, well, what am I going to do now? And I ended up taking a jewelry class at RISD. Oh, really? It was just like a good timing. And so I took my intro metals class at RISD. And then that changed 
everything <laughs> and then I just did jewelry forever so how more. did you end up in RISD like what's like did they have like a like take, site yeah as a brown student you can take RISD classes as really RISD class. can, yeah it's like it's sometimes it's hard to get the schedule to line up but you can do that oh I didn't know yeah. that that's amazing yeah, so I did my jewelry classes at RISD <gasps> That's great. Which was great. Yeah. Oh my god! So it changed your like outlook. Changed everything. Um, just like I, I, I usually like to ask this question. Um, but like, you know, we we got a little ahead. But like, do you have a first memory of jewelry? Ooh. Hmm. You know, my family, they didn't really wear jewelry. It's not. I didn't have a jewelry family. Um, my grandmother wore jade bangles, which were on her yeah. body since she was a kid. So they were oh, like tight really? on her. <laughs> oh my yeah. God. Um, my mom didn't really wear much jewelry. My dad's mom, when I was a kid, let's see, how old was I? I was probably in kindergarten. It was before we moved out to the country. So my grandparents would pick us up from school every day. Um, cause my mom was working. My parents were divorced and, my grandmother would have me untangle her chains. Oh, I like, love that. Her, like teeny tiny, like manufactured chains. And I would just like sit at the table and just like very delicately pick them apart. And I love doing it. I and like for that. her, it was like, oh, great. Someone's going to pick apart my chains for me. But I like really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, my God. I love untangling chains because it's yeah. very meditating. Yeah. And, and you feel so good when you get Exactly. When you're like, it. yeah, it's like such a... <laughs> <laughs> release i was like yes i did it <laughs> yeah but also maybe that's why i never work with those chains i, I like well, only make handmade chains yeah. i'm like i'm never untangling <laughs> chains again <laughs> well curved chains are like are the ones that least tangle mm -hmm. like a uh, like a thicker. two millimeter curved chain that yeah. after that from that top they don't really tangle which is yeah. like really or they're easy to untangle right <laughs> that's like <laughs> that's like something that i've learned um so going back to recently Like how, like what, what was the course? Like what was your experience there? Gosh, I don't remember too well, but. <laughs> you're um, not that old. <laughs> I know, am I? <laughs> It was over 20 years ago. <laughs> you're not that old. <laughs> um, so I, I brought one of my older chains there. So I remember soldering when I first learned how to solder and the first chain I made, I remember like designing the chain so I wouldn't have to solder very much. It was like, I'm terrified of soldering. I'm going to like make long bars with circles on the end. So I don't have to like make the whole chain, <laughs> <laughs> but it turned out okay. <laughs> oh my God. I, I mean, also that. that's just the style people really like anyway. So it's yeah, okay. <laughs> no, that's good. but yeah, but you're, you have become a very, very good at soldering. Yeah. I see your stories and your posts and you're yeah. like a soldering. That was 22 years ago. So by <laughs> I, now, I'm very good at soldering. I'm deadly afraid of soldering. Trust me. I I am so afraid of it. Like, I, I am the worst person to yeah. do that. So, um... Oh, the other funny thing about taking classes at RISD, though, which I was telling another jeweler about this recently, is that polishing was a sin. Like, you could not polish. Like, everything... Excuse-moi? Yeah, it was a sin because <laughs> it looked too commercial. So it was like silver was always eggshell finish. You uh. have to torch it. And brass brush it and torch it again and brass brush it and then like finish with eggshell. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I thought it was just like the finishing, like polishing, but like, yeah. yeah. I don't know, but like I, everything I, was like a matte yeah, finish. I, I or, yeah, I do tend to like that better. Yeah, so, which yeah. Which is what okay. I still like. Yeah. I still like that's the look I still like, and I don't like how polished things look. So, you actually ended up graduating from Brown or from Brown? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like, how many courses do you took in, in RISD? Oh, only a couple. And then I ended up doing 
um, my senior thesis work with a RISD professor and a Brown professor. Oh, wow. So not coursework, but just doing like an independent study in jewelry and jewelry theory. That's, and so what was the thesis, the, the so, theme of the thesis? Well, it was about, it was more about like the phenomenology of jewelry, like the experience of jewelry and mm-hmm. what, what, like putting the thing on your body means for the wearer and like psychologically and physically. And at the time, my very favorite jewelry artist was Emmy Van Leersum. Mm. Um, and she did a lot of like weird stuff, like big silver collars or like... Um, just things that would like change the body in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved that and wrote a lot about her. Um, yeah. So, oh, and I was also making, <laughs> I was also making uh, jewelry out of dog toys. So I really liked how fleshy the dog toy material was. <laughs> they were like fake, like realistic looking chicken legs. And <laughs> like with that texture. So what uh, was the thought process about that yeah, so I was stitching them with dental floss it was just like this really waxy bizarre feeling but it laid so flat on the body that I would make like collars or brooches it was a oh, fun, fun do you have any of pictures of that I do Ooh, you have to send it to me <laughs> um so so when you finish your thesis what do you like what was your conclusion about like jewelry as a ornament like what was your mm. what do you feel people got out of it or yeah. your professors <laughs> did anyone get out of it well, I don't know I don't I, I don't think anyone got it I think I had a lot of fun yeah. making the thing yeah <laughs> and like it was fun to stretch my brain into like turning it into a theoretical thing but yeah. That's not how I work anymore. I, <laughs> I make things I like to make. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. So once you graduated, what was your next um, step? Like, where do you go to? Yeah, so when I was at Brown, I worked at the RISD Museum. Mm. Um, and I spent a summer, like, cataloging spoons and making storage trays for their collection of Gorham Silver. Oh, wow. Um, And then I, you know, worked throughout the year in the museum. And from that, I ended up getting an internship at the Met for right after college. Wow. Um, I mean, I think from that, but, you know, it's some museum experience. Um, So I got a summer internship at the Metropolitan Museum. It was the week right after I graduated from college. So I just graduated, moved to New York City. Did you have time to, like, backpack somewhere? Nothing. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Moved to New York City, started my internship. Um, I actually interned in the jewelry reproduction department at the Met for two months, just for the summer, which was really interesting. and strange and i'm sure you can imagine it it's all i, I will, uh, it will be very interesting yeah. for sure i would love to go and see everything yeah. that they're just like having like those etruscan pieces right. and t- finding a way to reproduce something like that is like really fascinating yeah. so to it's me. interesting um and then the moment that ended i got a job in the met um in the objects conservation department oh, wow. um so i started as an administrative assistant and then that lasted maybe i can't even remember only like six months um and in the same department was the objects installation crew so it was four people way down in the basement the dungeon of the met um <laughs> and they made all of the mounts for the mm. objects in the museum so it's a brass studio basically yeah. Um, so when I was the administrative assistant in conservation, 
and this opening came up, um, the guys downstairs were like, Jenna, you know how to solder. Why don't you just apply? And you're and like, like, I hate soldering. No, <laughs> I love, I, by then I love soldering. By then I was like, yes, let me use your torch and your drill press and everything you've got down there because they had like yeah. an amazing studio. Um, so I was like, okay, yeah, I know how to solder. Um, and they gave me the job. And then I just did that for 12 years. 12 years, yeah. really. How amazing is that? It's like just giving you this piece that is like hundreds of hundreds of years or it's like incredible. thousands of years. And it's like, how can we mount this? And just like it's starting awesome. the piece. Like, yeah. tell me about that. Like, tell me a little it's bit awesome about it. It's awesome because like you have such a personal relationship with this object that like, oh my God. And you're just like feeling it and touching it and Ugh. like exploring every cranny because you're trying to figure out how you're going to oh my god make a mount for it. it's great oh and all departments too that's the most amazing part of being i know that you're seeing... is like you get to work with everybody and like everybody across the board like worldwide art but also across the board like curators to carpenters plexi shop like awesome people everywhere oh and my it's god. that's the greatest part of <gasps> that's yeah. a, and just like do you go now to the med and be like, I mounted that? Like, this yeah, is I my. Do. <laughs> I love that. I do. Oh my God. I'm like, I remember that spoon. I made you. I made you. Oh my God. That's <laughs> yeah. amazing. Is yeah. there any one of your favorite memories on the med? Like, do you have any? Oh my God. So many. So, when I first started working there, um, it was like working with a bunch of teenagers and we were just like laughing all day. and they weren't teenagers like no, they, they were in their 50s and <laughs> I was 20 um but we had so much fun together oh my god and we would just play practical jokes on each other all the time <laughs> and like in the galleries and like with curators we would just be goofing around because like we did our job we did our job yeah. well and like we were having fun do you experience like the mad MT. It's so strange. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's ghostly. Oh. Even now going back, it's a little strange because so many people have left. Oh, really? It feels like you're walking the halls with ghosts Aww. a little bit. Mm. Yeah. That's... I want, oh, I have one really funny story. So, so <laughs> one of our practical jokes. <laughs> um, so the Met costume institute show one year you know how they do the gala every year mm-hmm. um so the costume institute show was dangerous liaisons mm-hmm. and for that show they they put the um the costume the costume institute show was within the Reitzman gallery so it was in the period rooms mm-hmm. um and so there was one room where there was like a mannequin leaning over because another mannequin had fainted and it was just this dramatic thing um and us just being like goofballs and my boss jeff he had two little girls at the time so he had a fart machine because as you do when you have two little girls at the time so he had this remote controlled fart machine oh my god so for the opening for the met gala night we slid it under the <laughs> <laughs> the mannequin that was leading over. Oh my god! <laughs> and then just for us, like when we walked through the galleries, and there were like maybe a couple people around, we just <laughs> pressed the button. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And then we quickly took it out. The <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Oh, see, it's like what you can do with like a <laughs> yeah, with like a little bit of fun, with like a good attitude. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. I will be dying. Like I will be dying with that. That's like hilarious. Yeah. 
Oh, and I, I, I love, I don't know. I, it's like, it, you know, I have to tell you, like, the Met is like, first of all, it's my favorite museum, of course, you yeah. know. But like, I remember I used to have this art professor that was, she was like, she made me love art like nobody else. Yeah. Like, um, and it, I just took that class. Mm-hmm. It was like a selective class in, in school and, and it was like history of art. And I took it with like, seniors and I was uh, a freshman you were like with adults in a way compared to like this stupid 18 year olds that were taking (laughs) the classes with me but like her she just like she will be like telling you like a story about a piece of art and like she will like embrace it in such a way that like you you can only fall in love with it and she was the first person that introduced me to um international films Mm -hmm. like the first film that I saw that was not you know uh American film was like Il Postino I don't know if you've ever seen it it's like beautiful it's about like Pablo Neruda um when he was exiled and he went to Italy to his island it's like the the most beautiful oh it's beautiful it's like one like one a movie that really touched my heart and it was like and she will show us all these pieces from the Met and like the first time when I moved to New York I just went to the Met by myself and I was just like looking all these pieces that were like like they they were in the books and I almost cried like Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And you do. And like, I think taking so many art history classes and then you see it in person and you're like, oh my God, and like you feel it in your I heart. Know. Those things are so special. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm so thankful that my husband loves to go to museums Yeah, because like, that's something that we have fun doing. Yeah. Yeah. We're nerds. I'm okay. I'll embrace it. You know, yeah. but like, it's just like seeing all these pieces, like they just like really mean so much in mm-hmm. my heart. Like, oh, I, I absolutely love that. Yeah. When I, when I first started at the Met, my... Um, college thesis advisor, Richard Fishman, who was a, um, I think he was the head of the art department at the time. So he came to the Met and I took him through our studio and showed him. And the thing he said to me, which like stuck with me forever was he was like, this job is really going to train your eye. Mm-hmm. And I never really thought about it that way. I mean, also I was just like being a goofball throwing like, you know, <laughs> fart machines under mannequins. Um, but he was like, this is really going to train your eye. And from then on, I was like, he is so right. Like yeah. everything I see and do in this place is just programming my yeah. brain into design, which is so cool. Yeah. And also so seeing the beauty of things. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people say some see something very simple or very but like you have to be so much smarter and so much intuitive when you do something simple. Yeah. You know, because it's like you need to like make it perfect yeah in order to to be right you right. know it's just like and that's uh, and those are the things that people don't understand they're like oh it's simple it's like oh, yeah like whatever it's I'm hard saying. to be simple it's hard to be simple it's hard. um so you were 12 years in the med you had great memories and i've seen you like I, I know you visited like a few months ago and you went to the back and like you visited people i saw it on yeah. their stories and i really <laughs> enjoyed it i was like oh, i want to go with it you have to come with me i, know, I would love yeah. to go yeah. i want to i i, I want to see the bolts of like art that is not shown yeah and so much i know it's, it's also really cool to walk around the conservation area because it's like stuff from all over the world and like this i want to see the jewelry and the clothing Mm -hmm. those are like the two things that i really want to and also the egyptian because the egyptian is my favorite like the egyptian one is my favorite in the med 
like I can be there forever. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I will. I will. I'll take that out for any second. <laughs> I always go straight. Or like, since I first started going to the Met, and which was probably not until college. Actually, I don't think I went in high school. Um, I would always go straight to the Astor Court. I just love the Astor Court. It, it's the 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 space, the Moon Gate, and you yeah. walk in and just like you're instantly. You just instantly feel so good. I know. Yeah. I know. My husband loves the the Asian area mm-hmm. because he's like really into. Well, yeah. the, there's like that that piece that you go up the stairs and it, I don't know what you call, but it's like mm-hmm. it's not like a, it's not like a sea. It's not like a sea. But it's like part of a temple or something. I don't know what it is. It's just like like a roof mm-hmm. that it has like all these different textures and I love, like so that. Cool. I do love. Yeah. That's like my second part, favorite part. <laughs> of um so you were 12 years mm-hmm. and what happened afterwards what happened afterwards um well the wheels in motion were a little bit before that so i it kind of starts with meeting my husband which stories often do who is her partner <laughs> my partner my jewelry partner, my partner. um so i went so a couple years before i left the met i went i i was kind of like I think I was just in this very uneasy state of like, I've been at the Met for 10 years. I had, I was in the same relationship for nearly 10 years, my college boyfriend through then. Um, and it was just this time where I'm like, I really need to like do something. I feel like I'm a little bit stalling in my jewelry. Like, And I, I had been making jewelry like the entire time I was working at the Met um, on the side. And so I decided to take a class at Haystack in Maine um, <clears throat> a summer class, and it was with Myra Mimlich Gray, and it was a class on forging spoons. Mm. Um, so I went to this class, and I met my husband Andy in this class, um, and it was magical, as like Maine is in June when you're doing like the craft you love to do and learning something new, and everyone's awesome and fun. Um, but I was in a 10-year relationship, and Andy was in, a at the time, a four-year relationship. Oh, wow. So the whole time, we just, like, spent all of our time with each other, but it was kind of, like, arm's <laughs> length. Like, you stay over there and drink your beer on that beautiful rock in the sunset, and I'll sit over here and drink my beer on this beautiful rock in the sunset, and we'll just, like, enjoy being near each other, and that's it. <laughs> Have a conversation yeah. from, like, the two parts. Oh, I yeah. love that. But, it's, it, you know, it's, like, I think, like there's certain energies that people have that we just get connected to yeah and then when we came when we both back went back to our respective lives it was like oh no i see what happened like it's all clear now (laughs) yeah i love that (laughs) is he from maine no he's from uh rhinebeck oh really yeah so oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. See, so you have to go to Maine. Yeah, you have to go to Maine. Well, you have to go to like summer camp for adults. And <laughs> it's all over. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. So how did you guys connect it afterwards? Um, so he came to visit me at the Met immediately because he had to visit the Met. So <laughs> of that's course. Why, like, <laughs> why not? Why not? <laughs> visit the Met the next day. Um, and then we just kept seeing each other and it was like, clearly we had to be together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then you know, after that long in the city, like I just needed to leave the city. Yeah, I am a country girl. Yeah, I know. I it's like as much as I appreciate the city, I need to go back to the country to feel grounded. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I just cannot live in the city. Yeah, it's too much. Mm -hmm. I know too many people. (laughs) I really like going and like 
yeah. as soon as I get there, I like I walk so fast. I live, I've landed. I'm excited. Yeah. I like do all the things, but like I don't want to live there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's like I joke because it's like I take the train and it's like everything is like quiet, quiet, quiet. And the moment that you get to the city, it's yeah. just like sensory overload, and you're yeah. like, ah, you're just rushing. You know, everywhere. so it's like I do like to come to like the quietness like it's just like a nice balance yeah because i i really need that so um so you started dating and like yeah and then he ended up getting a job at the met after that oh really in the packing room in the registrar's office so he was building crates which is such a fun job in itself too because you're like fitting artwork and like building the foam to fit every single thing and and then building the wood around it like what was he doing before that um, he's a sculptor, so he was actually doing sculpture full time. He had a big studio oh, wow. um, outside of Rhinebeck. So he understands the weight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. He understands moving big sculpture. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. See, spoons got you together. Yeah, spoons. <laughs> it's a lot of my life has been controlled by <laughs> spoons. <laughs> Yeah, spoons at RISD, doing spoons at RISD, spoons in summer camp. So um, so when you were doing the jewelry on the side, where you used to sell, they used to sell it, you used to like yeah. have like, where, where, what yeah. we used to do with it? Um, so when I first started at the Met, I, you know, right out of college, I think I was like, you know, I want to get published. I want like my art jewelry to be out there. You know, you just like have this ego which I just don't have anymore but like when I first left college I definitely had like the art ego that I was like I want to be shown I want to be published um well we we have that need to like proof yeah I'm gonna be in the world now I like studied now I have to be in the world yeah um so I went to Julie Artisan's gallery which no longer exists um it was on Madison and 60 I think 65th Mm-hmm. And it was a textile and jewelry gallery. And the curator there was Tony Greenbaum, um, who wrote like the Bible on modernist jewelry at that point. Um, so I was really excited to go meet her, like kind of nerded out meeting her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think I just walked into that gallery um, with my jewelry and talked to Tony. Um, and they ended up consigning a bunch of pieces which was great and I loved working with her she was really cool um and it was like my weird jewelry it was like toy foods it was like french like plastic french fries set in silver and just like weird stuff you have you have here some pieces that I will be showing and you have some have strawberries with metal (laughs) so that's part of your that same work Uh uh-huh that was part of it too um so she carried a bunch of that and at the time they were also carrying I hope I get the name right I think it was Margot Margot Lang maybe something like that and she does jewelry with Bar. I don't know if she still does does jewelry with Barbie parts oh yes I know yeah yes so they had her jewelry at the time too and I was like oh this makes like perfect sense yeah oh for sure (laughs) yeah and they actually sold my work pretty well she still does the Barbies oh cool yeah (laughs) Um, it's so funny. I imagine her as like at the time she seemed so like established to me, like coming out, but we're probably around the same age. I don't know. Yeah, I I think so. I've never met her, but I know that she, she always likes to comment on, on the posts that I do and Uh stuff like that. So I always check her work. Oh, cool. 
yeah. cool. I have I, I used I posted her work before I haven't posted it in a yeah. while. Maybe I need to revisit it. Yeah. Margo, I have to revisit your work. Yeah. But also as like a twenty year old graduating college, I was like, her work is so awesome. Yeah. I love it. Like, <laughs> it definitely has a point of view. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, I love like, that. It was great. And also as a kid who like never liked Barbies. I never liked Barbies. Like, I love Barbies. Did you? I did. Oh. I did. It was See, like, I liked the commentary on Barbies more because I just didn't like Barbies. You know, I, I will tell you why I like Barbies because I got to dress. I made outfits for them. Oh, like yeah. I will take like yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the scraps, fabrics that my mom used to use for two outfits and stuff like that. And I will make the, because I wanted to be a fashion designer. So it's like, yeah. I just will dress them. And like, they were like my little models. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, like I had, um, uh, story as like, I used to have them in this like, um, garbage bag all uh-huh. of them like i don't That's know just, because i will like hide them from my little sister yeah and like hide them and i had them in this corner and like in like i will move the bed put them in the wall like by the wall and then close the bit and that was like my secret stash to put so the barbies and one day my mom used to have this woman that will come once in a while help her iron the clothes and she was ironing my room moved the bed my little sister saw the bag, opened the Barbies, and then when I got home from school, there were, like, shoes, oh, like, no. a trail of, like, shoes and bags and, like, stuff like that, and I lost it. I was, like, so upset because my Barbies were yeah. <laughs> taking it. Like, oh. It was it was tragic. It was it's tragic. <laughs> it was tragic. Oh my goodness! Oh, I love to imagine you making little clothes for. Yeah, Barbies. I used to make. Like I remember one, like a fuchsia and white dress with like a purple button on it. I don't uh-huh. know. It was oh, just like it. you know, my mom had like one of those like cookie tins filled with buttons, and I used to play with them. I don't know. Do you still have any of your little clothes? I don't know. Aww. I don't. Know. I don't know where everything else is. Like everything has been yeah. like lost in the, in the sauce yeah. so um so you were doing like so how do you win that transition from like art jewelry to more um just wearable pieces yeah. um i started i guess a little bit when i was in the city but it it was a little more commission based like someone would ask me to make something mm-hmm. and i would just and it might have been like even outside of my skill set, but I'd be like, I'll figure it out. I'll do it. Yeah. Like make a diamond ring for somebody. Like, and yeah. and then I, but also like alongside the weird toy jewelry, I was also making sort of modernist jewelry, just okay. like flat shape stuff. I had been doing that all along because mm-hmm. that's just the aesthetic I like. Um, and then the current stuff I think has a lot to do with having kids also (laughs) it's like after I had kids it's like everything had to be like flatter more wearable not catch on anything like or tugged on (laughs) it's like everything had to be a little (laughs) a little more reined in for sure no I understand that and then that has been your signature for how how many years you feel oh I don't know no I really started working this way I mean probably right after my first daughter was born so Maybe seven, eight years I've been doing it, doing like this style. But you can see pieces of, of like former things also. Yeah. Yeah. What was your inspiration to like, because like I feel like it has like a little bit of, I think 
the museum the museum in you has like come out of in your work a little bit because yeah. it has like that historical feel to it in mm -hmm. a way i think that's all i think you're right i think that's also a lot of it is that now i've been like much more historically trained than mm -hmm. i was when i first started making jewelry yeah um and i just know what i like more than i did when i first started making it yeah um yeah So what's your favorite kind of thing, like thing to do? Because I know you're like well known for your chains. You mm -hmm. do a lot of. I love making chains. You make your, you make your own chains, which, but the, you know, like I, it's like one of the bracelets that I never take off is one of your bracelets, which I love. And I, I'm like, it needs like a companion. Like it has a companion, <laughs> but it needs a third companion. You know, it has like it needs like to have like a few more. I feel. <laughs> yeah, I I love making chains, and I just I think a handmade chain just looks so different than a yeah manufactured chain and i think they look great i i just love yeah and i love making them i like soldering it's it's a very like meditative thing for me now um yeah i think it would be the chain but i also really like making the little three-dimensional plops especially because mm -hmm. they're just fun and a little goofy looking even though they're very restrained also how, how like, do you came up with that um Well, it's a nice property of 20, those are 22 carat mm -hmm. and 22 carat rather than solder, you can fuse it. So mm -hmm. that's really sweet that you can not introduce that solder seam because the solder seam is always a little bit harder than the metal itself. Mm -hmm. So since it's fused, everything is just exactly the same. So yeah. when you're um, forging it with a hammer, it doesn't like have a hard spot there. Mm -hmm. um, so they just like... I like how they come out. Yeah, and I love their like double bands rings. Mm -hmm. Like I, I just like a classic. <laughs> I know, but it's like they're like good for stacking. Yeah, you know, which I I personally like stacking a lot. Even though, yeah, just you can see, <laughs> like I, I love um, stacking rings. So it's like they're like really good. They're like good, just like every day. Like you can and have like a little pop of color, which yeah. I love. You know, yeah. and I, and I I think you do like color a lot which I, I appreciate it I do and you know I only started really working with stones probably seven years ago like really? I I didn't I didn't really like stone not <laughs> like but I just like I wasn't I don't know I just like love metal so much yeah. that I like didn't even think about stones for the longest time I was yeah. just like I just love metal I love what it can do mm -hmm. I love how you can shape it I love how it looks Well, you did some great hammering for sure, like yeah. which I love that. Thank and you. I and your twist, you know, like everything that twists, it it's look really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Um. No, I I'm a gemstone freak. Like I love anything yeah. with well, color. Well, I'm getting that way. Yeah. I feel like the more yes. the more I get into it Let's now, I've come been to like the side. I've been fully like, sucked in. <laughs> come to the side of the gemstones. It's like yeah, I I I don't know. It's, I have such a love for like. That it comes from the earth, you know, yeah. it's like, and, and like everything that, you know, like you have like a piece of earth in your hand, like it, yeah. and the gold is also like the metal is as well. Like somebody, which is like really funny is uh, somebody said once, like, I just love making jewelry because everything, all the components come from the earth. And I'm like, I've never thought cool. it that way. Like it's, this was like 10 years ago. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought it that way. And it's just Yeah, you're, and it's, it gives you like a connection to the earth in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just that energy. I love it. Yeah, I, 
yeah, it's funny. And like now I, I'm fully hooked. I really do love shopping for stones, looking at <laughs> colors. Like, yeah. And like the cut can change it so much. And just like having the eye for that is like a very exciting new piece for me to like look yeah. at those differences. Yeah. And then you like the you present your work and sh you go to shows. Mm -hmm. Like tell me a bit a little bit about the way that you chose to present your jewelry because it, you're not in the you know industry in such a way you're more yeah. like distant from it in a way you don't do like the trade shows or yeah. anything like that. Can you tell me a little bit yeah. about your decision? I mean, I I'm not really interested in ever doing volume. You know, it's just not, that's not the business I want to run. Yeah. That's not the, I enjoy making my jewelry and mm -hmm. I hope that I will always make my jewelry. I yeah. actually don't really want to ever hire a bench jeweler. Yeah. Like I want to be making it. I want to be selling it. I want to interact with my clients because I love that personal piece too. Yeah. Like I, I really enjoy doing the shows and talking to people and being able to, I do a lot of custom work, yeah. like probably more than half of my business is custom work. Oh, and I just like, I love that because they are like, together we're creating the thing that they want, like the exact thing they want. And it's in my style. It's like what I want to make and it's the thing they really want. Yeah. Um, so it's just such a beautiful thing to do. Also, it connects you to the, to the wearer. One of the things that I love about jewelry making, especially costume work, is like the wearer will remember, like if they have a great, uh, experience with you they're gonna remember your and where every time that they wear it is, and if somebody asks them they're like oh this person is really special and they make this piece for me yeah. and i love that yeah that's like yeah it's such an important thing and and like i don't want to make jewelry that someone buys and just tosses in their box with a thousand other things like just wear it like me all the time never take <laughs> it off. yeah that, i mean that's what i do too it's like i wear the same jewelry every day and i sleep in it um <laughs> But I like that because then you really have this like relationship with your jewelry too, yeah. which is sweet. And how do you see it? Oh, one thing that, and I should have asked you this a while ago, so I apologize for it. How did the name East Camp Goods start? Oh, so East Camp Goods um, is, so East Camp was the name, we live in Germantown, New York, and East Camp was the name of Germantown when it was settled by Palatine refugees mm. in the 1700s. Um, so it was, there's still West Camp on the other side of the Hudson River and then East Camp, the name was changed to Germantown. Interesting. So we just really, we love the town we live in and we like the name and like the history. I love that. Yeah. Oh. And like in a weird, weird extra fact is, um, Andy, my husband is really interested in doing all of our genealogy and he found that like there were Palatine refugees that then moved to Pennsylvania and like are somehow related to my family so it's so interesting to like oh, wow. the long history of that that, and that i could be related to like east camp refugees interesting yeah. oh that's really fascinating yeah. i love that the things that we don't know from yeah. our past is you know oh hey see you have a <laughs> connection it. you have a, definitely a connection here yeah i yeah, love and that I, I mean i struggled a long time for a while like should we should i use my name as my jewelry is mm -hmm. it like is it important for me for my name to be the thing? Mm -hmm. And I just decided it's not. It's yeah, yeah. 
oh, hey, whatever, <laughs> like whatever feels right for you yeah. is like, really important. And it has yeah. a, 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 it has a significance to you. So that's yeah. what matters, you yeah. know. And how did um, Andy helps you in? With- yeah. So Andy, Andy does a lot of the um, kind of the more sculptural pieces, and he is a sculptor. And so I think his brain really works in three dimensions more than mine does. Mm-hmm. Um, so he does um, a lot of the forged work and like techniques that we learned together when we were at, at Haystack, which is cool. Um, like the anti-clastic raising or um, we make these pod shapes uh, that are called spiculums. We call them catalpa pods because we have a catalpa tree and love catalpa trees. <laughs> um so yeah, and and I think we work well together. Like he'll do some sculptural shapes, I'll do some stone setting with it. Um, so we work well together. I love that. Yeah. Oh my god. See, and and hopefully one day the girls will also. I hope so. Do they do they do they come and help you a little bit? Um, I've done some soldering with both of them, which is really fun. Oh, that's I mean, good. obviously they like the excitement of the torch, <laughs> um, and then they have their own little work benches in our studio so, oh i can see it it's so really they'll good. just like hammer some brass or copper that's very file cute. It, well they have their the artistic yeah. background in both sides yeah. so <laughs> they're just like no we're gonna be accountants yeah <laughs> it'd be fine <laughs> i love that um so um before i ask you for my compulsory questions mm-hmm. um like i've been asking um the people their listeners to just submit questions so i'm like (laughs) taking a random question and just asking um somebody asked if not jewelry what will be what will be your other love if you didn't do jewelry if i didn't do jewelry wow um i would probably wow that's really hard i would probably want to do conservation because I have a museum bug in me, and I would want to work in a museum again. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I love I, I love the science of conservation, that it's science and art. I think maybe if I was in college and had known that was a thing, maybe I would have studied towards that. Not that I'm not perfectly happy with what I do. I would much prefer to do jewelry, yeah. but if I had to choose a second career... <laughs> if you have to. If I somebody, had to choose a second yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, that's that's a great. I love the videos of people cleaning the paintings yeah. and how oh, I, it's just like a little cool. ASMR for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's so beautiful, just like reconstructing something that has been alive for yeah. 400 years. It's like amazing. Yeah. All right. So I have some compulsory questions okay. that I'd like to okay. ask people. Uh, what's your favorite gemstone? Sapphire. Sapphire. 100%. Um, I love that it is extremely durable. I'm very hard on my hands. And like I said, I don't like to take my jewelry off. So I kind of have to wear (laughs) sapphires (laughs) Um, because I'm not that excited about diamonds. 
sorry. Um, I love that they come in so many colors. I know. Me too. I mean, there's so many good colors of sapphires: purple sapphires, like really blue violet sapphires. I love. Um, I'm just starting to really love green sapphires, which I sort of overlooked for a while. I'm, I just love them all. Pink. Sapphire. I love bicolor sapphires. I love bicolor sapphires. That's my favorites. And to like see the striations in the stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're so cool, and they're all unique, and they're great. I love that. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite metal? Gold. Um, 18 or 22 is a toss-up. <laughs> um, I work mostly in 18, but I can't say I, I can't say either is my favorite. I really like both. That's good. That's good. <laughs> because of the malleability. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, it's it's so cool what you can do with gold. Also, the color is And the so color rich. is great. You know, yeah. it's like... It, also, it's very easy to work with it. Yeah, if, yeah. and it, it feels nice to work with. I know. It's just like the when you, like, file it, yeah. that sound that the it sound, does. The mo- <laughs> it just it feels good, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite technique or tool? Definitely the torch. Um, because you... I feel like you have a very, like, personal relationship with the torch. Like, it's a yeah. living thing. Like, you... You judge the size of your flame by the sound of it, by like how it looks and the sound, and like you, you're really adjusting. And I feel like you learn your torch in such a personal way yeah. to know, like, you know, soldering a tiny jump ring is totally different than soldering a ring shank, and like you just learn all those little things. And I just really like that about the tool that mm-hmm. it is so personal. That's yeah. great. I I do a and you know if you go to if people follow you on Instagram like they will see your you know so sometimes posting videos of <laughs> you torching and I absolutely love that. <laughs> me and my torch I love it it's just like it, you you can tell that you just feel so comfortable with it and yeah. good about it it's just it's really nice to see I really enjoy them yeah, again another ASMR piece that I <laughs> really you. enjoy uh, what's your favorite thing to listen while you work um, lately. The only podcast I've been listening to, aside from yours, I was listening to yours. <laughs> Thank um, you. But the one I've been listening to, like all of the episodes, just kind of nonstop, is "Fly on the Wall" with Dana Carvey and David Spade. Oh my god, it is so good. <laughs> and like I, you know, I grew up like love S- loving SNL. SNL and the movies and just everything, and they just like bring out so much and I just laugh so they t- tell stories about they SNL tell stories about SNL oh wow and they're constantly doing impressions that are so funny it's great well uh, yeah. they they're both are really both. really funny yeah. and like Dana Carvey is the master amazing. impersonator so yeah. he's like amazing amazing I've, I've heard him on, with Conan and like he's like so quick too he's so quick yeah. and the rhythms are just they're so quick and so spot on and so funny and he doesn't even have to like say anything. He just like has the person in it. Yeah. It's great. See, I knew I like you. You like SNL. <laughs> I like SNL too. I'm an SNL girl. Um, who's your favorite artist? Oh, my favorite if- artist. Oh, this is really hard. This is really hard. Doesn't need to be jewelry. Can be yeah. anything. Yeah. Well, I already mentioned Emmy Van Leersom. She is probably my favorite jewelry artist. Um, the the exhibition that I that has like most had an effect on me and I like still love thinking about um is Charles Ledre work 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 hmm. did you see this it was at the Whitney <laughs> I don't remember when maybe 10 years ago hmm. um and he does like 
he had like thousands of miniature ceramics, like all, all made by himself and like all lots of textile work, just like miniature textile work in this huge exhibition. And every single piece is made by him. He does not have a studio. He was a former museum guard for the Seattle art museum. Oh wow! And I just like love that, like, obsessive attention to detail like so much fine handiwork oh i have to check it's that out it's great and like so he's he's one of my favorite artists oh i love and that. also i love that there's like you never feel there's any like ego around it yeah he's just like quietly making this work for years and years and years before anyone notices or sees it and i just it's great. It's so un- yeah. unassuming in a way. Yeah. And then he just comes out and with then, like something grander. I, yeah. lo- I love that. Do you have any advice for future jewelry artists? Ooh, any advice for future jewelry artists? Um, I think something that like I always have to remind myself and I remind artists, not just jewelry artists, but any artists, is that your client is not you. And I think that's really hard to like keep remembering as you're making things like you are not the person who's going to buy this. So never like don't undersell your work just because you can't afford your work doesn't mean it shouldn't be priced according to the work you put into it. Yeah. Um, And the material cost you put into it and everything you put into it. Don't price for yourself. Don't price for your friends. You really have to like you know, look at the big picture and price so you can make a living. Yeah. Um, that's an important thing. Um, I'd say keep learning. It's really important to keep going out there and looking at other techniques and learning new techniques because that's very exciting. Um, take on projects that you don't necessarily know how to do until you are forced to try to do them. <laughs> I'm like nodding the whole yeah. time. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, one of my early, actually it might've been one of my first gem setting projects. A friend had asked me to make a diamond engagement ring and I was like, sure, I'll figure that out. And, <laughs> and I had hardly done any stone setting, maybe none. Um, and he, he decided he was going to buy the diamond and send it to me. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, and I didn't give him any parameters and he bought a princess cut diamond. Oh. And I was like, okay, I'll figure this out. I'll figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> and it worked out fine. The ring, the ring turned out beautiful. I did not chip any corners. But at the time I was like, oh boy, You're I like- might be over my head. <laughs> But you learn. I learned, and it was fine. Yeah. yeah. No, but that that's great. I, I love it. And I, I think that everything that you said, first of all, nobody has ever said anything like that. Really? In their advice, really? which I love. Oh. And I think it's a great, great advice. That, listen, children, listen to... <laughs> <laughs> listen to Jenna. <laughs> she knows. Jenna, you're amazing. I'm so happy that I've got to meet you. Like Opal's got us together and like, but I, like, I really like you more than, you know, like you, like I've really connected with you and I'm very happy that you're in my life and thank you for oh, talking so to me. Too. Mm-hmm. If we could like make the sound of a hug for everyone, we would it's do like, it. 
<laughs> I know. I thank you, thank you, thank you, and you know, thank you. And we're gonna thank go you and, for doing this awesome podcast, uh-huh. and thank you for supporting jewelers. Oh. You really are amazing. I'm not. I'm just. You are. I just love jewelry, and I just love the people that make it. But that's an amazing thing. <laughs> You're out there. You're a voice. It's great. Oh, I'm trying. Thank I'm trying. You. Well, thank you. And now we're gonna go f- for food or something. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. <laughs> You can follow Jenna on Instagram at iscamgoods or visit her website iscamgoods.com. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Please visit A Thousand Facets on Instagram to see photos of some of the things we spoke about during the interview. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at chris underscore keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Like home.